0: The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast.
1: What's going on? It's the Hoop Ball Clippers Podcast coming at you on a Sunday morning as Los Angeles Clippers continue their winning streak beating the Philadelphia 76ers, 122-112. to Hope you're having a fantastic weekend wherever you are as you listen to this, whether it's Sunday night you're listening to this or it's Monday, a great start to the week hopefully is ahead for you. And for the Los Angeles Clippers, boy, it has been a really nice stretch where they have now won five games in a row with wins over the Hornets, the Hawks, two against the Spurs, and the 76ers last night. We're going to have Adam Osland of 570 AM KLAC. He does the pregame, the halftime, and the postgame for the Clippers Radio Network. He'll join us on this podcast. We'll talk about this winning streak. We'll chat about what Rondo is going to bring to the Clippers. Obviously, the departure of Lou Williams is a punch to the gut as he was so good for the Clippers and was someone that was relied upon as that sixth man of the year and was so relied upon that the Clippers would play him late in games and he would get points whenever the Clippers needed him. So sad to see him go because he really was the definition of what the Clippers have become over the last couple of years. And someone that works hard, he doesn't care about whether he has a huge role, a smaller role. It's just a team player when you look at Lou Williams. So sad to see him go. Uh, I tried to do a podcast, by the way, on Friday to recap the trade deadline, but my recording software decided to completely freak out on me. So we had a podcast that was ready to go. I clicked stop, and all of a sudden, there was about, I don't know, let's say 15 to 20 different breaks in audio, so basically unsalvageable, and that's why you only get one podcast today. So tried to do one on Friday, was going to offer my thoughts on the trade because frankly Clippers Twitter has just been going crazy when it comes to Rondo and they refuse to say the Clippers need a point guard and frankly I started to drift that way because I felt like Paul George Kawhi Leonard need to have the ball in their hands but here's the thing with Rondo and we'll talk to Anna about this the guy is a proven winner in the playoffs and that's what this team needs they need the experience when they start to go down by 10 points they need someone that's going to steady the ship When they have that 3-1 series lead and all of a sudden it starts to disappear, they need someone that's been there to calm things down. They need a leader. And we've talked about this on the podcast where the Clippers don't really have this vocal leader that has been someone that could be relied upon. And perhaps Rondo could be that guy, someone speaking from experience. So welcome to Los Angeles Clippers, Rondo. We're excited to have you and uh, looking forward to see what he brings to this team. He's not had a good year, by the way, and we'll talk about that, but... I don't think that the regular season matters for him. I think that the Clippers got him just for the postseason. Now the question is, what does that do to the rest of the rotation? What does it mean for guys like Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, who was unbelievable last night? I mean, you can only play five guys at a time, and two of those guys are going to be Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So you only have three spots and you got to figure out a way to get these guys minutes. And for Luke Kennard, of course, he had that great game in that comeback win over Atlanta and he was immediately put back in the rotation, but I'm not sure if he's going to stick. It'll be interesting to see if he does. Before we get to Adam, I got to tell you about our friends over at my bookie. Ever since I started this podcast, people always asking me for betting tips I always get asked, who you got? Are you going to go with the spread? Are you going to go with the money line? Whether it's Premier League, whether it's basketball, NBA, and college, because of course March Madness is going on, whether it's NFL, whether it's college football, whether it's tennis, it's golf, it's all there on my bookie. And I tell them that I am going to bet with my bookie. Their rep is rock solid. They've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. Really the only one that I trust to place any sort of bet, whether it's on a big game like the National Championship or a smaller game like a regular season game you know me i don't give out my stamp of approval easily to earn it you've got to be the best at what you do and my bookie is the best sports book out there period it's simple sign up enter the promo code hoopball that's h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l and get your deposit matched up to a thousand bucks that's the promo code hoopball head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet and if you need a little bit of help how about hit up the guys at the Hoopball Gaming Department? They do such a good job. Devin heads up that department. They've got so many dudes there that just know what they're doing, whether it's college basketball, whether it's soccer, whether it's MMA, whether it's golf. They're all there. You can get the wager pass as well, which is super cheap, and they give out their premium plays. So highly suggest you check out the Hoopball Gaming account and then take that money that you want to win, double it, triple it, head to my bookie and get some money because my bookie it's easy be a bet with the best bet with my bookie all right let's bring in adam osland you hear his dulcet tones on 570 am klac you also read him on twitter at follow adam a he is the pregame halftime postgame host of clippers basketball adam Oslin back on the hoop ball clippers podcast adam what's up man
0: dulcet tones, you must be talking about Noah Eagle. That can't be me, man. I got this high-pitched, nasally voice at times like I'm young Eminem. Come on. <laughs> young
1: Eminem. Oh, that's that's a certain comparison that I wasn't expecting. Young Eminem. Adam Oslin. Adam Eminem Oslin. LP up in this. Let's go. <laughs> Listen, if there's anybody that knows how to make a great basketball to music reference, it is the two of you guys. And, I mean, Noah does a great job incorporating that stuff. And we even got a. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia reference last night from Brian Seaman. The Clippers broadcasters in general, just the pop culture references. Phenomenal.
0: They uh they know their audience. They know what Clipper Nation likes. I mean, Brian Seaman going in on the Batum battalion. Batoon Battalion. Batum Battalion, assemble! <laughs> was just epic. And Noah Eagle, oh my goodness. In his second year with the Clippers, I couldn't be happier working with someone like him. He's just phenomenal.
1: Yeah, well, listen. At, at the Clippers are very lucky to have everybody that they've got in place right now, whether it's you, uh, doing pregame, postgame, halftime, whether it's Noah, whether it's Brian. And it's an incredible group of broadcasters, but you are the guest on today's show, and we got a lot to cover. We want to talk about this Clippers win streak. We want to talk about Rondo and what he's going to bring to the team. Um, got a lot to break into. I want to start with Rondo because I, I have a confession, Adam, and that is that I follow a lot of people on Twitter that are Clippers bloggers that go deep into the tape, and they've been saying all along, you know what? The Clippers do not need a point guard. They just don't. And even guys like Justin Wilson, who's on this show a bunch, every other week we try to have him on um, as a regular co-host. And he's been saying time and time again, PG, Kawhi, those are the ones that initiate the offense. And there's obviously a part of me that takes a step back, and then you listen to the national people, guys like you can look at Michael Wilbon, you look at Bill Simmons, and those guys are saying they need a point guard. And so I'm sitting here trying to figure out where I really go Am my pro point guard and my anti point guard. I said last year they needed somebody that was a backup. I've now started to kind of sit in the middle because I don't know really where to go. I'm curious to get your take before we even get into Rondo itself and what he's going to bring to the team. Did you feel like the Clippers needed a backup point guard? Well,
0: I guess there's a difference between a need and a want and somebody that can still help you whether or not you could win it all without this guy there's a disconnect there. I do think it was a little bit of an overblown narrative just because this team had been so good passing the basketball and sharing the basketball and everyone's a willing passer and that makes everyone a threat out there. And I still think that's going to be a huge part of their offense, even with Rajon Rondo there now. So I understand I came from a perspective of do they need it? No. Could it help? Yes. Yes. Uh, But if they didn't make that move, because we've seen Kawhi Leonard going back to last season, he upped his assists to a place he'd never been before. But this season has been more about Paul George being more of a facilitator out there and playing the Scottie Pippen role at times in those Chicago sets and the triangle stuff that T. Lou has implemented. And his passing has been phenomenal. He had nine assists last night. Uh, in their most recent victory, the huge win over the Philadelphia 76ers. So he's gotten better in that area. So that stuff's still going to pay dividends no matter if there's a true point guard on the floor with those two guys or not because they have um, an increased skill set now in that area. So did they need it? I don't know, but it's nice to have it. Rather have it, not need it, than need it, not have it, right?
1: Yeah, no, spot on. And I think it's interesting because with Rondo, you look at his numbers this year, and they're really bad. I mean, let's let's be honest. You look at what he's averaging. He's just under four points per game. He's at three and a half assists. He's about a turnover and a half per game. He's shooting 40%. Last year, he shot 41.8%. And I have grown to basically accept that Rondo's not a guy you got for the regular season. This is not somebody that's going to come in and be the reason why you get the two seed or the one seed as opposed to the three or the four. That's not why you got Rondo. You got Rondo because when you have a 3-1 series lead and a team starts to make a comeback, you need somebody apart from Kawhi Leonard, Sergi Baca, that's been there before and is able to calm the storm and steady the ship. And Rondo is a guy that has been there. And we know what he did last year with the Lakers. He basically won a game by himself. And this is a guy that's going to be needed to shoot and make the threes that he was making with the Lakers. So this is not a move for the regular season. You can go ahead and initiate the offense all you want with Kawhi and PG. And Lawrence Frank said yesterday, I believe it was, that there are times when Kawhi and PG start the offense, while Rondo will be able to start it. And maybe Kawhi and PG will be the ones that finish it. So I think the end-of-game execution will be better with Rondo on the floor because instead of going iso, because you can't go iso when Rondo brings up the ball. I mean, Rondo's not going iso. You have movement off the ball, and that allows guys like Kawhi and PG to get open. What are your thoughts?
0: Uh, Yeah, I completely agree with that last part and the first part because I don't understand why anyone is even comparing his regular season stats like we haven't seen this before where he has the ability to flip the switch like no one else has in the last 25 years once he enters the playoffs. It reminds me of the old Westbrook phrase, which is obviously false about Patrick Beverly, but... Uh, Pat Bev trick y'all, which he doesn't, he's a great player. He's much more than just the numbers. He's huge for this Clippers team. You look at the win loss record the last three years with him and without him, but Rondo fool y'all you all in the regular season. If you think that's who he's going to be in the post season, because I saw some backlash even a little bit from Clipper nation and the criticism there of making this move at first. And I think a lot of people have started to come around. They've let it marinate. And they see how he can be used in the playoffs for all those reasons that you mentioned. But it's not just that he shot 40% from three in the bubble last season with the Los Angeles Lakers. Take that out of it. If you think the bubble stuff is unique or fluky or you can't trust some of those numbers – Go back two years before that where he shot 42% with the New Orleans Pelicans in 2018 when they made a run and lost in the second round to the Golden State Warriors after they completely wrecked the Portland Trailblazers and Tamia Lillard and CJ McCollum thanks to Drew Holiday and Rajon Rondo in that first round. That's probably some of the best basketball I've ever seen him play. At least, you know, he was 32 then. He's 35 now, just turned 35. In the older state of Rajon Rondo, since he tore his ACL, that's some of the best basketball I've ever seen him play. If anybody wants to go back and look at those highlights and just look at how he was always a step ahead of what they were doing out there. And that's a huge part of this. As you mentioned, it's how cerebral he is. It's his leadership off the court too. And I said this uh, the other night on Clippers Talk, but if anyone is an extension of their head coach, it's for Jean Rondo, because he has that relationship with T Lou, who's considered the Rondo whisperer. If doc rivers is the Tobias Harris whisperer, uh, it's T. Lou is the Rondo whisperer. It goes back to their days together at Boston when T Lou was there on the coaching staff. But, um, this is someone who is going to fulfill the agenda put out and the game plan put out by head coach T Lou and always remind players of how they're supposed to play on offense and on defense. And while it's really difficult to see sweet Lou Williams leave, and I completely understand. And I think that's where some of the backlash came. It's just the emotions were high at that point. Sweet Lou Williams is someone who helped transition from the lob city era to the two, one, three connection era. But, Uh, What Rondo offers is even if he's not scoring the ball, he can still make an impact out there. And I think they have more guys that can fill it up, like we saw from T-Man last night, like we saw from Luke Kennard against Atlanta, like we've seen with Reggie Jackson that can do some of that scoring that sweet Lou Williams has provided over the years, but there's really no one that adds that element and that extra dimension offensively with playmaking like Rajon Rondo. He's just on another level in that area. And if he can initiate things, he can unlock the best versions of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And ultimately, if you're going to win a championship, that's what has to happen. I've said this before and it's kind of a weird thing to say, but in some ways Paul George is the X factor because if he plays to his highest level, then the Clippers can beat anyone. You have to bring that out of him because last season, if you look at how LeBron and AD dominated in the playoffs, they both were averaging about 28 points per game. That's typically what you need from your superstars. Kawhi Leonard provided that, but Paul George was just getting 20 per game. So to bring out the best in him, even though he has been a better passer, it still comes down to Paul George and that shooting and scoring ability. And I think Rajon Rondo is going to get him in his spots and get him comfortable out there. And that can make all the difference in the world. And by the way, we're talking about someone that only played 25 minutes a game last season in the playoffs for the Lakers. Like he might only play 15 to 20 minutes a night for the Clippers, considering the depth on this team. But as you mentioned, late in games, half-court offense, those critical moments, having Rajon Rondo is going to be huge.
1: Yeah, we'll get into that in just a second in terms of the minutes because I think that's going to be one of the toughest jobs that Ty Lue has ever had, trying to figure out who is going to play because you only have five spots, and two of them are going to be PG and Kawhi. So that'll be a very tough decision. Let's talk about that in just a second. But just to add to what you were saying, first of all, with PG – I mean, that's always been the case, that he needs to be that 1B to Kawhi's 1A. And if that's the case, and if he's playing at the level that he did to start the season, the Clippers are unbeatable. I mean, the Clippers are that good when you have Kawhi and PG clicking. And then, just to add to the playoff stuff, 2017-18 with the Pelicans, he averaged just over 8 assists per game. In the playoffs, he was at 12.2, four more assists per game. Then you look at what he did last year with the Lakers, 9 points per game, close to four and a half rebounds and six and a half assists. And you mentioned the three point shooting. He shot 40% from three. How about you look back at the 2017, 18 Pelicans where he shot 33% from three during the regular season and 42% from three during the playoffs. This is just a guy that shows up in the postseason, and the Clippers just didn't have enough of that last year. They need someone that they can be relied upon. And so I think the one thing that's a little bit frustrating and I think you mentioned it in part with Lou Williams, is that the Clippers had a chance to get Rondo in the offseason, and that was always something that was on the table, but the Clippers chose not to do that, and instead, they end up giving away Lou Williams and two second-round picks and cash in order to get Rondo. It just seems like the Clippers knew it was probably going to be something they'd need to address later on, and unfortunately, they didn't do it and end up costing them picks. And I know they've got a bunch of second-round picks, so they have a stockpile there. It's just one of those things that you're giving up picks that, by the way, Terrence Mann was a second-round pick. So very possible that you could find the next Terrence Mann in that deal that you just gave up those second-round picks and Lou Williams in order to get Rondo. So I think that, that's where some of the frustration, at least on my side is, Adam, where they had to give up so much in order to get Rondo when they could have got him during the offseason.
0: I'll say this, though, and I go back to this. I I truly believe the fact that Kawhi and Paul George have had the offense run through them much more this season than last season is going to pay off. The experience that they had throughout the first 40, 50 games of this season, I guess there's 27 left. that's going to be huge for them. So, not having maybe the training wheels of Rajan Rondo with them early on in the season can also be big. Because, like I said, he may only play 20 minutes per game. They still needed to advance their game passing wise in those areas. And they've been able to do that because they didn't have that prototypical facilitator, traditional point guard, floor general out there. So, yeah, I understand the frustration of giving away the second round picks. But also, as you mentioned, They did have a uh, glut of them. (laughs) And while they did get Terrence Mann, the Terrence Manns and the THTs that you can find in the second round, while the Clippers front office is great, it's still not easy. Uh, So it's just a move you had to make at this point, whether or not you you can look back and, and gripe about the fact they could have had him to begin with. I think that's actually a blessing in disguise because it forced Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to have to play more point guard like roles.
1: That's a really interesting point and a really good counterpoint to something that I said. I mean, that's a really good point. That Kawhi well, owners for days, Brandon. Listen, man, you <laughs> nailed that. Kawhi and PG and absolutely. Back. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you are the man that hosts the show for a reason on Clippers talk. I mean, you know exactly how to spin it in a positive way. And that's certainly how you do it, that those two guys had the ball in their hands. And I I bring it back to what I said with Lawrence Frank, that he said he wanted Kawhi and PG finishing plays as opposed to starting them. And he said, listen, the Clippers still have a top two half court offense. So it's not like that was a problem, but this is Mm. something they think can be more of a help than something that you don't do. I mean, you bring in a guy like Rondo and perhaps he is someone that can push you just over the top to get that title. And Ty Lue said that his basketball intelligence is rivaled only by LeBron and CP3. So really that's high praise for a guy like Rondo. Let let's get in though to the guard rotation because I think this is going to be a really difficult thing for Ty Lue to figure out and that is that first of all Reggie Jackson was out of the rotation to start the season after those 10 game samples after that 10 game sample size then he got himself back into it when Pat Bev got hurt so when and i don't even know if this is going to happen when you have Pat Beverly healthy along with man Kennard, Reggie Jackson and Rondo that really screams DNPCD for at least one of those guys and it's going to be unfortunate How do you handle this if you're Ty Because Terrence Mann has just been unbelievable of late. I mean, this is a guy that during the offseason, we were saying, okay, yeah, he had a great time in Hawaii a couple of years ago. He's someone that everyone had high hopes for, didn't put together during the regular season. Jerry West has had really high hopes for him ever since they drafted him. And Brian Seaman told a story yesterday on the broadcast about how he was at a table with Lawrence Frank and he was with uh, Jerry West as well. And they had really high praise for man. But now the question is, how do you get all these guys on the floor? Because Kennard won you a game, basically, in Atlanta. And then all of a sudden, he's seeing five minutes or less. How do you do it, Adam?
0: Yeah, Luke Kennard, to me, is likely going to be the odd man out at times. But here's the good thing. Unlike what we've seen the last seven years, and I love Doc and I will always, there's always a place in my heart for Doc with this Clippers organization because I I feel like he helped get them to another level as they move along here trying to get towards that first championship. He added credibility and legitimacy. But sometimes he was loyal to a fault, and it was a double-edged sword with him because he would empower players and give them confidence by the fact, and J.J. Redick has talked about this before, that he could go into a slump and he knows he's not going to lose any minutes out there. But, T. Lou has shown the ability to ride the hot hand with whoever has it going and make adjustments on the fly very quickly. And that's something that I think was missing at times. So even though Luke Kennard has that really good game where he goes eight for eight and then Terrence Mann starts eight for eight last night, coincidentally, but Luke Kennard wins them that game against the Atlanta Hawks. He and Terrence Mann really were the ones who fueled that victory, but then he goes right back to not playing as much in the next couple of contests, but he has gotten run in the first halves of both of those last couple of games. And he's gotten opportunities to see if he gets it going. Then I think T Lou would have would have kept riding with him, but Terrence Mann's somebody that you can't get out of the, the uh, rotation right now. And when Patrick Beverly is healthy and they have Rajon Rondo back, uh, I don't know how much Reggie Jackson is going to be playing as well, but stay Reggie, stay ready. He's been like that all season long. He's been so versatile with being able to come off the bench or start when Patrick Beverly is not there. And he seems to thrive and be really consistent. And all of a sudden he goes from, The other lowercase goat last year after Luke Kennard hit that shot with him playing defense, or not Luke Kennard, excuse me, but uh, Luka Doncic hitting that shot in game four against him, and fans were down on Reggie Jackson he's been a fan favorite this season. Everyone's turned around with him because he's just been so consistent out there, no matter what has been asked of him in his role. So I do think they have a guy there that it doesn't matter if he plays one night or doesn't. And Pat, Pat has been the same way, obviously just add water with Patrick Patterson, but maybe there's something to that with his leadership rubbing off on guys like Reggie Jackson. But to me, Luke Kennard's probably going to be the odd man out, but I wouldn't be shocked if because lou has been pushing all the right buttons that here and there he tries something and then pulls the plug quickly if it doesn't work.
1: And that's very difficult to do, by the way, if you're a player to sit and not rack up any minutes and then all of a sudden get vaulted into a bigger role. And so for the guys like Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard that have done just that, and you can even add Pat Pat to that, too, where they get a DNP CD and all of a sudden they come in. And for Kennard, he's the one that basically won the game for them along with T-Man against Atlanta. And then Reggie Jackson, Pat Bev gets hurt. He gets inserted in the starting lineup, and he's been fantastic. And you can even go to what Lawrence Frank said about the buyout players. And they talked about, well, here's the thing. You want to bring somebody in that's going to help your team out, but you don't want to tell them, hey, there's going to be a huge role for you if there's not a huge role for them. And it's more that they want to have somebody that's good in the locker room, that helps the team chemistry, than anything else. And I thought Andrew Greif posted that today on Twitter, that paragraph from that answer from Lawrence Frank yesterday. It makes you think, okay, so the Clippers obviously are not getting Andre Drummond. As of this recording, it seems like he's going to the Lakers. I believe Woz just tweeted that out. So you're not going to get a guy like Drummond because you have Zoo, you have Ibaka. There just isn't a role for him there. And you don't want to bring in a guy like Drummond that is going to all of a sudden get a small amount of minutes and get upset. And that's why you have to be so thankful that you have guys like Kennard and Reggie Jackson and Patrick Patterson that are okay not playing, but then when they're called upon, they end up contributing. And it's going to be difficult to do that in the playoffs. But to your point, it's very possible that's something that T. Lou ends up doing because you mentioned it. Doc Rivers does not adjust. I mean, last year his inability to figure out that Zoo needs to play over Trez was baffling. While Ty Lou is going to switch things around, so that is definitely different. But man, it's a really tough quality to sit on the bench and then all of a sudden play thirty plus minutes. But the Clippers really have to be thankful for the guys they have.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned it's the locker room chemistry that's different. Luke Kennard. Hasn't bitched all season, even when he has a good game and then doesn't play well. Because even before he had the eight for eight game, there were signs and some of it was during garbage time. But he come in in the fourth quarter and he was instant offense. He was hot out there. His shot looked good. He looked confident, but he still wasn't playing meaningful minutes. But he never complained about it. Reggie Jackson isn't going to complain about it. This is someone who also is the BFF of Paul George. And he wants to see his guy. If you listen to his hype intros whenever they're doing their post-game uh, media sessions he wants to see his guy thrive it seems like more than anything else so he's very selfless so you have the right type of guys that know the roles and know you know if my number is called i'm going to perform otherwise i'm going to be a professional and i'm going to sit there and encourage my teammates and help make them better Maybe from pointers from the bench. And that's just the way it has to be on a team with championship expectations sometimes. You're not going to play. Mitch Richmond is not going to play. Isaiah Ryder is not going to play for the Lakers, you know? It's stuff like that. You have to accept it.
1: Wow, you're going way back there with those. I mean, listen, <laughs> you you are definitely going way back with those names. And yeah, it's really going to be interesting to see what T. Lou does. But the fact that he's got some depth and he's got guys ready at each position has been really helpful i mean that's one thing the clippers do have a true backup now it really does seem at every single position which is and this
0: is go ahead Uh, sorry off there brandon but this feels like the first time the last five games that they've been able to overcome not having their emotional leader out there in patrick beverly for an extended period of time where they finally have figured out okay Uh, We can't just rely on this one guy providing that energy and that spark. And some of that is because of the way Terrence Mann plays, obviously. But they finally had to accept, and Kawhi Leonard said this post-game recently, that we can't just be relying on that one guy to make us lock in defensively and play hard on both ends all the time. And I think that was an important lesson for this team, and it could be a blessing in disguise. You never want to see anyone get injured, but they've had to get by finally without Patrick Beverly, who they, over the years, have had a losing record when he's not out there on the court. His intangibles, he means so much to this team, but – This is something where
1: it's a learning experience for this Clippers team that I think is going to pay off. Such a good point. And you look at two of the last five games, the Clippers have given up 100 points or less and you make it to 101. It's three of the last five games where they've given up 101 or less. And this defense has struggled without Patrick Beverly. but it really does seem like they have finally figured out how to play without him. And the biggest gripe that you have with Pat Beverly is just his availability, it, it, he's not a guy that's going to be available all the time. And so I think this Rondo trade allows you to bring somebody in that can be a floor general that can play some defense and should help out with the Clippers. Now I'm going to ask you a tough question and I'll also give my answer. So it won't just be you that's on the hook here. What's your right. ideal closing five now with Rondo in the mix? Is it Rondo, PG, Kawhi, Ibaka, Morris? What is your ideal start uh, uh, closing five now? I mean, it
0: depends on the opposition, but obviously Kawhi and PG are in there. I think Marcus Morris needs to be in there because he's one more very versatile guy that if you're playing a team that's going smaller, or even if they do have a physical five, Marcus Morris can play there at times. But Nicholas Batum, Mm -hmm. because I love his passing and the way he keeps the offense in rhythm, uh, and also he's been clutch. Nicholas Batum coming up with big corner threes seems to be a, a pattern. This season seems to be a trend, even going back to the win in Phoenix. Uh, and then that it's probably that fifth guy <laughs> that could be interchangeable. Now, Avita Zubac, Yep, he's made his case for being the starting five. And, and I don't think he really cares about that. He just goes out there and plays. Even though at times the effort's been up and, up and down on this roster, there have been three guys that you can always rely on for that effort. Terrence Mann, Evita Zubas, and Patrick Beverly when he's available. Evita Zubas has been an absolute beast. I would say unleash the beast. I feel like he could be even more involved offensively at times and be that cure for the paint scoring. Uh, but obviously, if they have a big, I'm going with Evita Zubas because even he against someone like Luka Doncic, he's gotten even better – with his perimeter defense. We saw that recently in those two games in Dallas. So he's not much of a liability, even if they get the switch on him. He's got quicker feet than I think anybody ever realized. Still just 24 years of age. It's the old Jason Tatum thing now. But uh, <laughs> and he just turned 24. I mean, I, I love a beats the zoobots. Uh, in the closing five and that's another reason to love T. Lou also all of a sudden the visa Zubas playing 30 minutes a game I know it's without Serge Ibaka but he played a more fourth quarters this season like 20 games into the year than he had all of last season so if I had my druthers and it still depends on the matchup and who the opposition is throwing out there but in general I'd want a visa Zubas to be that fifth guy
1: all right folks let's take a quick break from our conversation with Adam and talk about what we have going on at hoop-ball.com. We have approached the most critical point in your fantasy season. We have a couple weeks left until the playoffs. If you're in a head-to-head league, Roto League, it's going down to the wire. Now is the time to make sure you secure that victory. And how do you do that? With the Fantasy Pass. It is the best deal in the industry, just $4.99 per month. And it's excellent. Why? Zero commitment. Sign up for one month for five bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel. We know you'll love it, though. But it's always nice to make sure you have that option. The Fantasy Pass is everything you need to dominate, especially in the playoffs. You need to make that big decision. Who do you start? Who do you add? Who do you drop? That last-second trade you need to make, our HoopBall pros are here to help around the clock. The HoopBall Discord server, you can hang out with all the pros around the clock, and, of course, other players as well. So your fellow fantasy friends are there to help. Of course, you also have updating projections, streaming charts, pickups, drops. It's all there. So please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com. Click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. And if you haven't signed up for the bruise letter, not sure what you're waiting for, Aaron Bruski had that big audio bruise letter last time around. He's got those fingers typing, and it is trying, trying to find you the best nuggets In the game, go to bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021. Sign up in 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly, bit.ly slash bruise letter 2021. Aaron Bruski, straight to your inbox. Enjoy. So that means that you have Rondo on the bench. It means that you have Reggie Jackson. You have Kennard. You have Ibaka. You have have Pat Bev. But look,
0: it's crazy. That's your big, I guess, closing five. Yeah, I think it's going to vary. Yeah. Batum, Marcus Morris, and Vita Zubots. But yeah. obviously, there's going to be times where, okay, it's not Marcus Morris out there or it's not Nicholas Batum. Those are the two guys you'd probably switch out for Rajon, Rajon Rondo or Patrick Beverly.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's going to be matchup based. And I don't think we could say that last year. I don't think we could say last year, hey, we're going to have a different closing five in different games. It really seemed like Doc had his closing five of Lou Williams, PG, Kawhi, Trez. Four of the five, for sure, were always locked in. And it didn't matter what the score was, but he always had basically those four in no matter what. And I think you can you can say that the Clippers very well could have four or five different closing units. And this is why you had to bring in somebody
0: like Coach Lou, because you had to unlock the biggest strength on this team, and even more so maybe this season, is the versatility. And how many guys and how many combinations of lineups you can go with, and then finding the right one for the right moment, and Doc never really did that, even though they talked a little bit about playing Marcus Moore at the five Marcus Morris of the five, it didn't materialize as much as we wanted with them having everybody at five five out shooters out there all the time. It never really happened, but I completely have full trust in Coach Lou being able to do this now, and that's the way they're going to be able to win a championship. If they pull it off, part of the reason is because they're one of the most versatile, switchable teams out there.
1: Let's talk about this current winning streak, and this will be the last thing we talk about, and that is the Clippers now winning five in a row. They've won six of their last seven. They beat up on the Hornets, who, by the way, are a sneaky good team, and LaMelo Ball was somewhat healthy. In that game. Sucks to see him out. They beat the Hawks, who have turned things around. They have they beat the Spurs twice and they beat Philadelphia yesterday. And that win over Philly, despite not having him beat, was still a pretty good win. As they have the Bucks, who I mean that's gonna be a tough game tomorrow. But what has been the key, do you think, to this five-game winning streak? Because it really does seem like every single game it's someone different stepping up. I mean, you look yesterday for Terrence Mann. To shoot the way he did, 10 of 12 from the field, 23 points, 2 of 2 from 3. Um, earlier today, I saw a tweet that was posted, I believe, by Shane Young that he asked post-game about the three-point shooting in the corners for Terrence Mann. He's believe he's shooting 47% from there, and it really does seem like night-to-night, night, P.G., was really bad to start yesterday. He ends up with 24 points. Kawhi ends up with 28. Reggie Jackson, you mentioned Zoo's been great. Marcus Morris has been really good. And then, of course, you Terrence Mann, like I said, it really does seem like night to night it's someone different. It seems like this team is finally figuring out how to play together, both offensively and defensively, and has figured out how much effort needs to be put forth in order to win basketball games. You're not taking a night off. You have played a lot harder on the defensive end, and all of a sudden it's showing up in victories.
0: Completely. And I think effort and mindset is the biggest key, and Coach Lewis stressed this this over and over again. But the biggest difference to me is they're not letting how they shoot affect other areas of the game because they have had down three-point shooting nights during this stretch where they've won uh, five in a row but also six of their last seven now. Uh, And that was something where it felt like if they weren't hitting shots before, it affected them defensively or the effort wasn't there or, hey, it's an off night. We don't have it. We give into that during a long 72 game season. And Coach Lou just had enough because we went through these stretches with the Clippers where it felt like they were learning lessons, but then taking a step back where they came back after losing that first game in Golden State where they were up by 22 and they blew it. They came back the next night. They performed really well. Then against the Memphis Grizzlies, they lost the first game. They gave up 72 points in the paint. They come back the next night. They beat the same team by 20, but then they gave up, you know, 135 or whatever it was, the New Orleans Pelicans, and there was just no consistency on that end. And Coach Lou had enough, and I think he finally got their attention. And through this, it's not just how they've been playing defensively, consistency where they've been a top-five defense, even including that New Orleans Pelicans game coming out of the All-Star break now, but uh, they've just found other ways to win because they've had to, because the three-point shooting has been less reliable. Paul George is shooting 34% in March from three, which is strange to see. It seems like it's connected to that foot injury. Ever since he came back from that, he hasn't been the same from beyond the arc, but this is also a good thing. You have to have a multitude of ways to win basketball games. You can't just be one dimensional, especially when it's all about the three point line and three point shooting in the playoffs. That comes and goes. Uh, you know, you don't want to live and die by the three. Now they're getting into the paint. And credit PG 13 and Paul George because guys have said this over and over again, too. But when they started to lock in more defensively and ramp things up on that end, everybody else kind of fell a line. But also, they've been relentless with getting to the basket. Last night, The game before that, even without Kawhi Leonard, they've been so intent and making this concerted effort to get into the paint. And it's not as much paint and spray out now to three-point shooters. It's paint and either get fouled, and I think they attempted 27 free throws last night, or get an easy bucket. And they're putting more pressure on the defense, and I think that's super valuable come playoff time because – that's just another formula, another way to win. But ultimately, it's what you said. It's the consistent effort out there that's changed that has led to this run.
1: And all of a sudden, the Clippers find themselves a half a game back of Phoenix. And Phoenix is playing in Charlotte while we record this. And it—I mean, if Phoenix beats them, it'd be one game. But still, I mean, you're just one game back of that two spot. And I remember it was just a couple of days ago. It seemed like the Clippers were much closer to that 6-7 spot. Than they were towards that too, and all of a sudden the Clippers are winning ball games and have put themselves in a really nice position. And this homestand will be really interesting for me, Adam. And it opened up yesterday, obviously, with Philadelphia. I I don't know if I've ever seen a nine-game homestand for a team. I mean, maybe in baseball you you get a nine-game homestand, but not in the NBA. And you've got teams like Milwaukee, Denver, the Lakers, Portland, Phoenix. You have some really tough teams during this homestand what are your expectations from this team because there are times when you're at home that you really could take the foot off the gas because you're at home you're seeing family perhaps you don't come with that same focus that you would on the road what are your expectations from these nine games I mean record wise and in general I mean are you looking maybe six and three seven and two and then just what type of play are you expecting to see
0: Well, I think last night was a very good sign because sometimes that last game during a homestand, when you're knowing you're going out on the road, you take your foot off the gas or that first game back from a road trip, you take your foot off the gas and they were still locked in and it probably helped that Marcus Morris and Kawhi Leonard were back. Uh, But I circled this when I first saw the second half of the season schedule because I thought this is that moment where they can crystallize and become the team that T. Lou wants them to become because 17 days straight in Los Angeles during this nine-game homestand, they're going to get more practices in. Now, hopefully, they can get healthy. That's still a big part of this. Doing this is even more impressive without Serge Ibaka and Patrick Beverly. But ultimately, uh, that health can lead to consistency. But I think this is a great opportunity for this team to, and it's something we can look back on if they make a deep run, if they end up winning the championship. To me, it's one of those stretches that you could look back on and say, this is when it came together for them. This is when they figured it out because getting those practices in, but then also playing stiff competition, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Denver Nuggets, the Lakers likely won't have LeBron James or Anthony Davis on that game on April 4th. But the Phoenix Suns are coming in here, the Trailblazers. This is an opportunity to really build and develop those championship traits uh, in those big moments in the playoffs that you need to look back on and have in your back pocket confidence wise. So I, I think it's possible, you know, they go six and three, seven and two, something like that. This team looks to be turning that corner. I don't want to speak too soon, but look, they just went over a month without winning two games straight. and Now they made it five straight against good competition too. So there is something building already, but it's great to have that started before this road trip or before this homestand, I should say, got underway because now they really could prove that they're that team that we thought they could be all along because Last year, I always felt like they could get to a place that no other organization could or no other team could on the court. It just depended on how often they got there and how long they could stay there. But now, they looked more locked in. Those lessons hopefully have been learned, and that effort continues to stay night in and night out with this team.
1: Yeah, I I would call 6-3 solid. I would call 7-2 a success on this homestand, and we'll see if the Clippers are able to get to it because... You got some tough teams on the schedule, but winning against Philadelphia opened thing, things up, man, is really impressive. Adam Oslin, one of my favorite guests to have on the Ball Clippers podcast. Adam, go ahead. Where can everybody follow you? Where can they listen to you? Because I know you also have yourself a podcast as well.
0: Yeah, the F&A podcast, FNAPodcast.com with myself and Kevin Figures from AM570 LA Sports, the spinoff of the Petros and Money Show. But just get to me at follow Adam A, and you can see all the other outlets I'm on there if you just go in my bio.
1: Adam, appreciate it, man. Brandon, anytime, man. Keep up the good work. Always love chatting with my guy, Adam Oslin. Go ahead and check out his F&A podcast and also listen to him on 570 AM, AMK. K-L-A-C, he does a great job. Really is a fantastic dude to have on the show. So, a big homestand for the Los Angeles Clippers, and it's going to be very interesting to see how the Clippers play during this homestand. I briefly touched on it with Adam, but you're going to see what this team is made of and where their focus lies during this homestand. You have back-to-back against Milwaukee and Orlando. Orlando, by the way, very much a team that should be a walkover. Easy win for the Clippers. Same with Houston and Detroit at the end of the homestand. So you've got a tough stretch, Denver, L.A., Portland, Phoenix. That's sandwiched in there. But the Milwaukee game's huge. It's really important. Milwaukee just rested basically everybody yesterday, so they'll be fresh and ready to go. But we'll see what the Clippers have. And they lost to Milwaukee earlier in the season when they went ISO at the end of the game, and it was not good. It was not pretty to see them finish the game like that. Perhaps Rondo is a guy that can help them out in that situation is there anything better than fresh mowed grass at the ballpark on opening day how about freshly groomed balls our spance sponsors at manscaped the global leaders and below the waist grooming are here to help you strike out your bush for good it's a whole new ball game folks and manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide join the movement get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code hoopball20 at manscaped.com i'm telling you these products are no joke so easy to use I have all the confidence in the world with the best tools for the job at Manscaped. Talk about the ultimate utility man. Manscaped is like the Mike Trout of ball trimmers. And I'm an Angels fan and I love Mike Trout. So that is some high praise right there. They've got so many different things that you can get involved with, whether it's the crop preserver, the crop reviver, they've got... The Perfect Package 3.0, which includes both of those. Of course, you have the Lawnmower 3.0, which is thrown in there, which is simply the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Hits the sweet spot in every way for your balls. Talk about the best products. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at manscaped.com. Hit the ball out of the park this season with Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0. Baseball's back. Don't let your bush get out of whack. 20% off and free shipping with the code HoopBall20 at manscaped.com. All right, so up ahead, it's Milwaukee, Orlando, Denver, and L.A. Those are the four teams this week. We'll be back on Sunday for sure with a podcast with Justin Wilson, ideally, to recap that Los Angeles Lakers versus Los Angeles Clippers showdown. But we'll aim to have a podcast as well on either Wednesday or Friday, most likely Friday, where we'll chat about the Milwaukee, Orlando, and Denver groupings. Of game, We'll talk about those three uh, matchups and then we'll obviously preview the Lakers game and then we'll have Justin on for a recap on Sunday. So things going to try and stay consistent. I know I keep saying I'm trying to get two a week. We'll for sure try and aim for that. And we're going to try and aim for a Thursday, Sunday or a Friday, Sunday or a Thursday, Saturday, something like that. But things are getting a little crazy on my end. So we got a child on the way. So uh, no promises on everything, but we are going to do our best to get you at least two podcasts out per week this was a good one i hope it was worth the wait i, I thought so you can follow me on twitter at bd marcus you can follow the twitter handle for the podcast at hoopballclips. clips and of course if you can rate and review the podcast wherever you do listen to your podcast that would be a huge help so until next time i'm brandon marcus and go clips